Hi there, I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 106. And today I want to talk about changes. Changes in my blogging and podcasting lives and also changes in my offline life. Changes at home. But before we get into changes, I want to go back to the topic of the last episode. We were talking about screen time and internet addiction. Is the internet addictive? Should we allow our children to have as much access to their computers and the internet as they want? Or is that an irresponsible thing for a parent to do? When I recorded that episode, episode 105, my thoughts were going all over the place. But afterwards, I sat down and I tried to organize those thoughts, and I actually wrote a blog post on the same topic. The blog post is called, Is it really okay to give unschooling kids unlimited access to screens and the internet? Again, I don't know if I came to any real conclusions, but I did share my thoughts and ideas. While I was thinking more about the question, is it really okay to step back and say to our kids, you can spend as much time online as you like or on your computers as you like? I had this thought about connections. First of all, would it be irresponsible for us to let our kids spend as much time on their computers or as much time accessing the internet as they like if we feel that it is affecting their health, their happiness? If we can see that it is having a negative effect on them, would it be irresponsible for us to let them continue as they are going when it is detrimental to them? If we decide that it is irresponsible to do that, we have to step in and do something. Should we just step in and make screen rules? You can only spend this amount of time on your computer or your other screen or accessing the internet, whatever is giving the child a problem. Do rules work? I've spoken about rules a lot in past podcasts. I've spoken about rules with my unschooling children, and we all agree that rules don't work. They just set us up for battles. If kids want to do something, they will find a way to break the rule, to get around it. If they don't access the computer at home because they're not allowed to, they'll find another way. They'll do it while they're at their friends' houses or at the library. You can even go to the park where we live and access the internet. All you need is a device. So we might be setting ourselves up for a battle if we make rules about screen time. And if our kids try and break the rules behind our backs, we get into an area of dishonesty. I want my kids to be able to do things in front of me. I don't want any secrets. So for us, rules aren't an option. So what do we do? Well, as I said in my last episode, my kids don't have a problem with screens or the internet. It was me that I was talking about. I was considering the question that if an adult feels they are spending too much time on the internet, if it's making them unhappy, is it possible the same thing could happen with children? So why don't my children have a problem? I thought further about this. It certainly wasn't following my example because all I used to 
provide a good example of screen usage. But just recently, because I blog and podcast and I'm on social media trying to promote the unschooling message, my internet usage, my screen usage has just become too overwhelming. It has got out of control. And that is not a good example. But in the early days, well, not so long ago, actually, not the early days, but maybe a few months ago, I don't know. My kids have certainly observed my example in recent months, the problems I've been having. And we have been talking about this, the dangers of the internet, how we can get wrapped up in it, how our behavior can be controlled by other people. And I guess my kids listen to me. They are guided by my experiences, my opinions. I listen to them. I listen to their needs. They need to be on the computer. It's no good me saying, hey, you've spent too long on your computer today. I have to listen to what's important to them. And because we listen to each other and we look to each other for guidance, I guess we are connected. I spend a lot of time trying to make connections with my children. But I have never actually sat down and thought about how these connections are helping with computer time, with the internet usage. I guess computers, the internet, are just one more thing of life. They're not different from anything else. So if my kids look to me for guidance on other matters, why shouldn't they look to me for guidance on how they are going to use the computer, the TV, and other screens? So is it really okay to give unschooling kids unlimited access to screens and the internet? I concluded that it is, as long as we are connected with our kids, as long as we know them very well and they look to us for guidance and we listen to them, um, we can talk about these things. We can provide good examples. We can talk about the dangers. Yes, when we are connected with our kids, the most important people in their lives are us, the parents, and we are the people that they will turn to when they are unsure about anything, when they are looking for some extra information, they will look to us for our opinion, they will be interested to hear what we have to say on the subject. Well, this is what I have discovered in my own family. So I don't think it is very effective to make rules. We have to do more than that. In some ways, making rules might seem the answer. It might be the easy thing to do. We just use our parental authority. You can only use your computer during these hours. You can only use the internet when I'm standing behind you watching you, that type of thing. Making connections with our kids takes a lot more effort. But I think in the long run, it's much more effective. It increases bonds between us all. There are other advantages besides regulating screen time and internet usage. I was talking with my daughter Imogen about this topic as I was writing the blog post, and she had an interesting thing to add. She said, parents can't just say, turn off the computer and go do something else. What are kids supposed to do? I'm sure a lot of kids would look around and think, I haven't got anything to do. I don't want to do anything else. Parents have to build up a rich environment for their kids. Things online, things offline. We have to do more than just tell our kids what to do. We've got to get involved with them and their activities. 
And if kids are having a great time on the computer and it's not detrimental to their happiness, they're not getting overwhelmed by it, perhaps we can just take an interest in what they're doing on the computer, sit next to them, get involved, they're playing games, ask if we can have a go as well, see why certain things attract our kids, why they are important to our children. Somebody on Instagram had a great idea when I posted about this topic. I posted a photo linking to the blog post and we had a good chat in the comments. And the, the person who wrote the comments said that she doesn't limit her child's usage of screens or the internet. But what she does is that she takes an interest in what they're doing, what they're looking at, what they're watching. And then she makes suggestions, helps them use those videos, whatever they're watching, turn them into offline activities. So they're doing something online, but it might be the start of an offline activity. Now, my children do this all the time, naturally. For example, Gemma Rose, who is very interested in art, will go to YouTube and she watches lots of Prismacolor pencil tutorials. And then she'll turn the computer off or she'll keep it open maybe and have the instructions there. But she will grab her drawing pad and her pencils and she'll spend a lot of time offline drawing. Sophie does the same with her photography, watches lots and lots of photography tutorials, then grabs the camera, goes out, takes lots of photos. Then another example is cooking videos. I guess smaller kids might be interested in craft or nature things, going out and doing nature studies. We could take an interest in what our kids are doing online and then make some suggestions about how they could extend those interests. Of course, we can't force kids to do these sort of things, but presenting possibilities. We might capture their imaginations. Well, there are a few more ideas, a few more thoughts on computer time, screen time, the internet. move on to changes, the main topic of the day. Last time I was talking about how I have deleted my Facebook account. Yes, the internet was getting very overwhelming. I got to the point where I knew I had to make some changes. And going back to you kids, I think also they get to the point where they know that they've been on the computer too long, that they're getting a headache. Maybe we need to be tuned into these times and offer our help to resolve the situation. Maybe they are more than ready to move on. We just have to recognize where they are at. But for ourselves, I think we do get to the stage where we realize we have to make some changes. We're not happy. We're not feeling at peace about something. Maybe making those changes, though, is hard. We have to come to some decisions that will affect us in some ways to our advantage, in some ways to our disadvantage. Uh, for example, I deleted my Facebook account. And that means that I am no longer in contact with certain people. And I do miss that. Sometimes making changes isn't, isn't all good. But I'm glad that I did delete my Facebook account. The advantages certainly outweigh the disadvantages. After deleting my account, I had two weeks to change my mind. If I had logged into my account in the first 14 days after deleting it, 
it would have reactivated and I ha would have had to start all over again. But not once during those two weeks did I feel tempted to do that. And so now, what's it, nearly a month now, three and a half weeks, nearly four weeks, yeah, my account is gone and I'm not missing it. I have moved on. It's been a good thing for me to do. A few people have emailed me, which has been really lovely, because I did exchange my email address with a few friends, and they have asked, what am I doing with my free time now that I'm no longer on Facebook? Well, actually, I haven't got any free time, no extra time to myself at the moment. Mainly that's to do with the new routine. My daughter Sophie has a new job. I'm also spending more time with my daughter, Gemma Rose, who's 13. I talked about this in my last episode, how I needed to get off things like Facebook and spend more time with my children. So for myself, yes, I haven't got any extra time, but I'm hoping still. Get reorganized. But I'm going to talk more about that a little bit later on. First of all, I want to talk about changes in my online life. If you read my blog, you will know that I've written a couple of posts about moving on from unschooling. I said that I will no longer be blogging about unschooling. I feel it's time to move on. A couple of people said they saw this coming. I'm sure it's not a surprise to all my podcast listeners. Yes, I have pondered this topic a lot. Have I said everything I could possibly say about unschooling? Am I going over the same ground again and again? Can I tell the story in any more ways? Yes, I'm sure a lot of my podcasts have sounded very unsettled, as if I'm not really committed to um, sharing unschooling anymore. But what actually prompted me to write those two blog posts, well, write the first one and then I followed it up, with a second one, was a live streamed video that I did with my daughter Imogen, oh, I think it was two weeks ago. Imogen is a musician, as you may know. She has a YouTube channel, Imogen Elvis, and we make music videos for that channel. And she has been live streaming on her Facebook page over the last, I don't know, six weeks or so. She did several live stream videos on general topics just got online and started talking, sharing news. And then we discussed the possibility of live streaming on particular topics, thinking of a topic beforehand, brainstorming some questions, and then going online after advertising it ahead of time and hopefully chatting with everybody about such things as clothes and music, social media, friends, communication, those types of things. Now, I mentioned this in my last episode, and um, before the last live stream video, I actually made a couple of graphics about possibilities, things that we could be talking about. I wrote down a long list of questions on the topic of clothes, because Imogen and I agreed that clothes might be a good place to start. We've been taking a lot of interest in clothes because of Imogen's outfits for her music videos. So I wrote a blog post about this. I listed all these questions. Imogen looked at it. She didn't say too much, but she said, Yep, yeah, Mum, we're all set. We will make the live stream video Thursday morning. And then Thursday morning arrived. We sat down. We started talking. But it didn't take me very long to realize that Imogen didn't really want to talk about the things that I had uh, put down in my list. She had other ideas. 
They weren't necessarily bad ideas. Maybe there were better ideas than mine, but certainly they were different ideas. She wants to talk about things from her perspective, her musician's perspective, which is great. I mean, it's her channel, her life. I was looking at things from an unschooling point of view. And I think Imogen wants to step back, step away from the unschooling label. She wants to be known as a musician, not an unschooler. And I was trying to take over and promote her as an unschooler. There are a lot of unschooling families interested in what she's doing, and I, we really appreciate that. She has had a lot of encouragement and support from the unschooling community, and we hope that interest will continue. But also Imogen has to appeal to people who have no idea what unschooling is, if she is going to be successful. She has to appeal to a wider audience, and that was what I was missing with this live-streamed video. I wanted to talk about things that my unschooling friends would find interesting. But Imogen is looking to appeal to a bigger audience. And she has to tailor her live streams and her blog posts and whatever else she's doing to that bigger audience. So I think it's time that I stopped trying to tell her story. She is quite capable of telling her story herself. Anyway, this led me to thoughts about my blog. Do I want to keep on writing my family's stories, their unschooling stories, or is it time to move on and let them tell their own stories? Do I have anything more to say about unschooling? Perhaps it would be better for me to step out from behind my kids and to do something of my own. This is rather scary. Am I an interesting enough person if I... I'm taken away from unschooling and my children. Will I have anything interesting to share with anybody? Anything valuable away from my family and unschooling? Do I have any talents that I could share? Or is everything wrapped up in promoting the unschooling story, the unschooling message? Have I got nothing else to offer? Well, I've been pondering and pondering this. Yes, it's scary. I have another blog. SueElvis.com. If you go over there, you will find it's all set up, but I haven't got any posts. It's like a blank journal. You know when you get a lovely journal? It's got a lovely cover on it. It looks nice. It feels good to hold. You have a good pen. You can't wait to use it, but you hold back. You don't know what to put in that journal. What if you write something and it's all rubbish? And later on, you look at it and think, I wish I hadn't spoilt my journal by writing about this or that or the other. I didn't actually write anything of interest in it. I've spoiled it. Just holding the journal and thinking is the pleasurable part sometimes. But there comes a point where we have to dive in. Well, that's what I feel about my blog. It's all set up. It looks great. I've got a header. I've got to start writing. Unlike a journal... Well, I guess if you have a journal with pages that you can tear out, you can actually eliminate anything you don't like. And so with a blog, I could delete posts, but I've actually got to start writing things before I can actually get to the deletion stage. But what will I write? Well, I don't know. I've been thinking and thinking. I haven't come up with any ideas yet, but it's waiting there, that blog. Maybe I will be struck with some inspiration very soon. Going back to my unschooling blog, 
It's really hard to let go of it. It has been my life and my family's life for a number of years. Will I be able to stop writing my stories, recording them, recording our life? I guess whatever I go on to do next, I will be taking my family with me in some way because my identity is wrapped up with my family. Even though I am an individual person, part of me is defined by my family. So I will, I guess, still in some way be taking them with me onto my new project. But what about unschooling? Yes, in some ways I think that will come with me too, because unschooling is who I am. It affects the way I think about things. I'm sure it's going to affect whatever writing I do. Whatever I write about, I will, I will be writing about through the unschooling lens, even if I never ever mention unschooling ever again. Have I really said all I want to say about unschooling? Well, during the week, a few thoughts came to me about things that I did want to share. It is a bit like spending time with a friend that you haven't seen for a long time. Maybe you go to the house, spend a week there, you're catching up, telling all the events of the last few years, and the day arrives when you have to leave, and you think, oh, I haven't told the friend about this, or I haven't told the friend about that. I won't get another opportunity. And then on the doorstep, you're saying, hey, I didn't say this, and I didn't say that. It's a bit like that with leaving my blog. I think, I didn't tell you about this, and I didn't share that thought, and did I make it clear that I wanted to share this? Did I explain that properly? Did I write this encouraging thought down? Anyway, I could keep on writing about unschooling for years, I'm sure. It's that type of subject. The point is, do I still want to do it? I also have a guest post or two that I haven't yet published. And my draft file. It is full of unfinished posts that I could finish. I have come to the conclusion that I could still publish an odd unschooling blog post here and there as I finish those draft posts or as I scribble down an extra thought. So maybe my unschooling blog isn't quite over. But I have also had another thought. Perhaps I can continue podcasting about unschooling rather than blogging about it. I could share all those unfinished thoughts here on the podcast. Do I really want to continue podcasting? I was thinking about why podcasting is sometimes difficult. Is it the fact that I have nothing to say? Should I just podcast less frequently? Because I always find something to say eventually. Or is it that I find it hard to fit it into my life? It is certainly true that some weeks are so busy that I don't find time to sit down and make a podcast. Could I rearrange a few things to get an hour or so each week to record an episode? Could I take a break every now and then to a season of podcasts? Because I do like talking. I do like recording the podcast. Could I find some other way of doing it? Some way that will make it easier for me? Some way that won't take up so much of my week? Before I started this episode, I did a quick calculation of how many hours it takes me to make a podcast. Now I can spend half an hour, an hour, even longer in preparing an episode, writing down a few notes, just sitting and thinking about it. 
then I might spend an hour recording the podcast because most of my podcasts have been around 40, 50 minutes, even up to an hour. First of all, I've got to do the setting up of my computer, do a test, make sure my audio is okay. And then afterwards, I have the editing to do. Recording time might be an hour. Editing time will be much longer. I've got to listen to the whole file that I have recorded. I've got to put in the transitions. I've got to eliminate bits that I feel didn't work. Put the intro, put the outro together. And then, when I feel happy with what I've done, I've got to listen to it all from start to finish. That could be another 40, 50, 60 minutes. And once I've done that, I've got to write a description of the podcast for Podbean and iTunes. And when I've done that, I've got to go over to my blog and write a blog post to go with the podcast. Usually, I like to write a bit of a story to go with each episode. Some readers say they can't listen to a podcast or they don't want to listen. So I try to share at least a little section of a podcast as a blog post. And that might take me quite a long time as well. I've got to put all the bits together. I've got to embed the podcast. I've got to find all the links for the show notes. I've got to write the story at the beginning. I've got to find some suitable photos. Maybe I will need to edit them. I've got to make a graphic to go with the blog post that will be posted on Pinterest later on. All these things take a lot of time. Hours. Could I simplify the process? Could I record the podcast? Could I do the editing? Could I write a quick description for iTunes and Podbean? And then, could I get my podcast automatically posted to my blog? Because this is possible with WordPress blogs. So what people will see on the blog is exactly what people see in iTunes and on Podbean. And I wouldn't write a blog post to go with each episode. Maybe later on I could come back and insert a graphic as a blog post header when I have time to do that. But initially, that's all I would do. I wouldn't have to look for the embed codes. I wouldn't have to look for extra photos. I would be getting two things for the price of one, publishing my podcast and publishing it as a blog post as well at the same time. So what do you think of that idea? What do you think of the idea of me continuing to podcast, but maybe have a break every now and then, breaks that will be organized, maybe around the school holidays? It would be lovely if you did stop by my blog and give me some feedback. Would you listen if I continue podcasting? I have a whole brand new year of my podcast subscription. Yes, I've just paid for another year's worth of hosting, which seemed to me rather bad timing. I wanted to give up blogging, podcasting, and anything to do with unschooling just a week after I'd paid for another year's worth of hosting, as I said. Maybe I need to use this year's worth of hosting. Recording time. Yes, I said that I find it hard to record an episode, and mainly that's because I record in the afternoons. The afternoons are the times when my daughter Gemma Rose likes to use the treadmill in my bedroom, which is also my podcasting room. And I don't like to put her off. I don't like to get in the way of her running. It's important to her, and I think that should be a priority. Also, I've been spending my afternoons 
fetching Sophie from her new job. Yes, my 16-year-old daughter has a new job. And now I have to leave home at quarter past one in the afternoon to pick her up. And I don't get home again till gone three o'clock. By that time, I want to do my own exercise. Dinner arrives. Podcasting gets pushed for, away for another day. Maybe I could podcast in the mornings. Get up early. Podcast while my kids are getting ready for the day. I'm thinking about that one. If I could find a suitable slot in my day for podcasting, it would make things much easier. Well, that's a few thoughts about the changes that I'm putting into action for blogging and podcasting. Now, I just mentioned that Sophie, my 16-year-old daughter, has a new job. She worked for nine months at a cafe in a village about 40, 45 minutes drive away. She started off in the kitchen, she moved out the front of the cafe, became wait staff, and then learnt how to be a barista. I think she gained all the skills that she could at that particular cafe. And then about, oh I don't know, two months ago, she was offered a new job. A friend of ours owns a general store, post office, cafe, in another village in the area that we live a bit further away from the cafe where Sophie was working. And we did ponder for a while whether the move was going to be worthwhile. I'd have to spend more money on petrol, maybe the same amount of time in the car, maybe 45 minutes it takes me to get to her new place of work. But each one-way journey is an extra 20 kilometres. Yes, it's further away. Uh, The journey takes about the same amount of time because I'm travelling on the highway instead of on the back roads. I go faster, I cover more distance, it takes the same amount of time to get there. It takes more petrol. But the reason that Sophie has changed the job, there were a few reasons. One reason is that she has the opportunity to learn more skills. She has been working sorting the mail in the post office. She is going to learn all about the running of a village post office. It's a general store, so she is dealing with the items in the general store, stocking shelves, ordering, serving customers for those items, that kind of thing. She's still doing barista work, wait staffing. She has the opportunity to cook in the kitchen. The cafe is a totally different sort of cafe. The first cafe was an upmarket cafe restaurant with gourmet food. This one advertises their food as simple, good cooking. Burgers and sandwiches seafood, chips, that kind of thing, muffins and cakes. And Sophie will be learning how to cook all those things. Another reason why we thought it would be a good idea for her to take this job is that she is working with a group of young people. All the staff are young. Some of them are homeschoolers or ex-homeschoolers. And Sophie hasn't had a lot of contact with people her own age. And I thought this will be a great way for her to make friends with other people with similar interests, similar backgrounds. She might enjoy socializing at the same time as working. And she is enjoying that, though she did say to me that as an introvert, working three days in a row with extroverted young people can be a bit exhausting. Trying to keep the conversation going all day, having fun all day as she works, 
Sounds wonderful for an extrovert, but she's getting tired. Not that she doesn't enjoy it, but she does look forward to her days off when she can be quiet and concentrate on her own activities. And the final reason why she accepted the job is because she will be studying at the same time. She will be doing a certificate of business administration while she works. And because she wants to set up her own photography business, this certificate might be a good um, thing to have. It might teach her a lot of skills, a lot of useful skills. The owner of the cafe said that his son did the certificate of business administration and then was able to use it to get into university to do some kind of business degree. He didn't have to have an HSC or a higher school certificate. He didn't even have to have the equivalent that some of my children have, which is the Open University score. My elder children did Open University units, two or three of them, to get a score which will allow them to compete with school kids to get into on-campus universities. And this certificate the Certificate of Business Administration has been used instead of those qualifications, an HSC or an equivalent. I suppose it is an equivalent HSC qualification. So Sophie doesn't think that she wants to go the pathway of her older siblings. She doesn't want to do any open university units. At this stage, she's not looking to go to university. She's working. She's going to do the certificate. She hopes that she will set up her own business. That is some of my 16-year-old news, Sophie's news. Moving on to my daughter, Gemma Rose, who is 13. As I said earlier, I've been spending more time with her, or at least trying to spend more time with her. She is at the bottom end of the family. Everybody else is really busy with their own dreams, their own projects, their own studies. And sometimes it can be hard to recognize her needs, her need to sit quietly and do such things with me as reading and watching videos, going exploring, doing one-on-one -on -one things with her. Sometimes I am sure that she feels that all the other girls' activities are more important than hers. They are on the internet making videos, going out and making music videos, which she is part of, but they're not really her project. Those videos get published. Everybody's having conversations with other people online, and she's quietly doing things at home. And maybe she feels that she's last in line. She's not so important as them. And I've got to rectify this situation. So I've been spending quite a bit of time with her. We've been watching a lot of videos, doing a lot of science. And I want to share some things with you. This is one thing I feel that if I never say another word about unschooling, how am I ever going to share my latest resources, things that I have found with people? Do you like hearing about things that I have discovered? I suppose that's the question I have to ask in the first place. Well, anyway, we've been watching some Michael Mosley videos, mainly on YouTube, but there were a couple on Vimeo, and I think we watched um, one or two on SBS On Demand, the catch-up SBS channel. Now, the videos are called Guts, Invested, The Truth About Exercise, The Truth About Sleep, Eat Fast and Live Longer. They are all videos to do with science and personal health, 
human biology maybe. Now, Michael Mosley is a doctor. He is no longer practicing as a doctor. He is an on-screen presenter. He investigates various issues to do with health. And he is very entertaining. He likes to experiment on himself. He's not squeamish. He's not afraid to try things out. For example, the video Infested is about parasites. And Michael Mosley infested himself with a few different sorts of parasites. For example, he infested himself with tapeworms. Who would want to do that? He swallowed a camera later on and we could see all those tapeworms, how they had grown and yes, it wasn't very pleasant, but it was very interesting. Apparently, he couldn't feel the tapeworms. If he hadn't known any better, he would never have known they were inside him. All those videos have led to some very interesting discussions and some extra reading. We've been all over the internet looking at other videos, looking at articles about the topics like parasites and um, sleep and exercise. We've been talking about our own exercise, our own sleep habits, trying to put some of the ideas into action. Now another rabbit trail we ended up on started with the movie Singing in the Rain. We've watched this movie a number of times. You probably know that it is about the first talkie movies. The transition between silent films and ones where the actors actually spoke. I think the movie stars Debbie Reynolds and Jean Kelly. Debbie Reynolds is, of course, Carrie Fisher's mother. And this led us into a good discussion about that, about Star Wars. But also, in Singing in the Rain, the film The Jazz Singer was mentioned. Apparently, it was the first talkie movie in 1927. Well, some people dispute the fact that it was the first talkie, so we went to YouTube and we watched a few clips of The Jazz Singer. We discovered that there are a few clips where the voice is synchronized with the actor's mouth, so it looks like they are speaking. The synchronization isn't very good, especially compared to today's standards. But yes, they did attempt to coordinate the audio and the video. For most of the jazz singer, the old style of the actors acting without their voices and then having on-screen text that was used. But there were also some songs where the voice was synchronized with the actions. Now, the jazz singer, the 1927 version, I think is available on Amazon for rent or to buy. That's one thing we haven't actually watched, but we might do. But there is a later version of the jazz singer starring Neil Diamond. And this brings back lots of memories for me, because I can remember watching that many, many years ago when I was young. And I actually went over to Spotify and listened to the jazz singer soundtrack after Gemma Rose and I were talking about talkies and all the other things that led on from Singing in the Rain. So, Singing in the Rain. We did a lot of reading and watching and discovering about the history of the cinema. Lots of other things that I haven't spoken about today, but which I recorded in our Evernote notebook. I guess what I'm illustrating is that one thing can lead to another that we can do something purely because we're sitting down and relaxing and want to enjoy our evening together, which is what happened with 
singing in the rain. Everybody else went out to choir practice, and Gemma Rose and I looked at each other and said, Shall we watch something this evening? What do you fancy watching? We searched the shelves, and Gemma Rose said, How about singing in the rain? And then over the next few days, we were engrossed in all kinds of learning experiences coming from that one musical movie. We got on to all those Michael Mosley videos after a period of ill health. You might remember that our family had the flu maybe a month or so ago, and I had a lot of medical appointments, and we did some investigation of my own health issues, and that sort of sparked a general interest in human biology. I remembered Michael Mosley and how we'd watched some of his other videos and did a search for some more. thing to mention before I finish this episode and that is Imogen's latest music video. Just for people who are interested in her music and what we're doing with the music videos because of course that's Sophie's area as well. Sophie has bought herself a new camera. It arrived this week so she hasn't actually used it yet for a music video but she will be using it for the next one. It is a camera that is especially designed for video rather than photographs. And Sophie is hoping that she can increase her videography skills with it. She'll be able to use it in her hand instead of on a tripod, which will give her a lot more freedom. But the last video was filmed with two cameras on two tripods as usual. We went to the stone quarry again. And we recorded a song, The Rains of Castamere. That's the song that Imogen sang. Why she was standing on the sandstone platform overlooking the river. Beautiful location. If you go and have a look at the video, watch out for the mist rising over the river. It was a very cold morning despite it being spring here. Also, watch out for the fur coat. Imogen is wearing a luxurious fur and leather coat. Now, I don't think it's a real fur coat, but uh, it certainly looks that way. I have a story to do with that coat. First of all, the coat was given to me by one of our older parishioners a few years ago. She didn't want to just give it to Vinnie's because it is quite a valuable coat. And she one day approached me after Mass and she said, I have some clothes. Would you be offended if I passed them on to you? Of course, I said, no, that'll be great. We took the clothes home, a few bags of them, and in amongst the, the items was this coat. I put it on, but when will I ever wear this fur coat? It's just too luxurious. It's just too not every day. When will I have a special enough occasion to wear it? But I couldn't quite throw it out. It's been sitting in my wardrobe for oh, quite a few years. Well, we remembered it just before Imogen recorded her last music video. She thought about her outfit and she said, a fur coat, mum, that would be perfect to go with this song. And I said, well, I just happen to have a fur coat hanging in my wardrobe. Shall I get it out? Would you like to try it on? And she did and she liked it. She arranged the rest of her outfit around the fur coat and she was warm for the very first time doing a cold morning video shoot. Yes, she didn't have to shiver through it. I think actually she was warmer for once than all her helpers. We had just finished recording the video. 
when somebody came along the track, an early morning walker. And she came across the rocks and around the corner, and she saw us standing there with our tripods and our cameras, and she spied Imogen in her fur coat. And the first thing she said was, Good morning, are you on a school excursion? A school excursion. We laughed later on, Imogen said, I was wearing a fur coat standing on the edge of the bank of the river. Did I look like a school child? You know, with school kids be wearing fur coats on a school excursion. Did we all look like school children? Well, did I look like a school teacher? Did we look like a typical school outing? Well, I have a school teacher husband and I'm sure we didn't. So we thought that was rather a funny statement for the woman to make. We just smiled at her and said, no, we're not a school excursion. We're just taking some video and some photos. And we left it at that. Yes, sometimes explaining unschooling and what we're doing takes far too long. And even after we have told people, people still don't really understand. They probably think we're a bit crazy. Well, that's all I want to share with you in this episode, episode 106. Am I sitting out on a new year of podcasting? Am I going to rearrange a few things so that I make it easier for myself? Will I find things to talk about? Will I take breaks? Do you still want to listen? Please stop by my blog and give me some feedback. Even if I don't write a blog post to go with this episode, you'll still find the show notes on my blog because, as I said, they will be published automatically. You will also find lots and lots of other blog posts about unschooling if you want to browse through my archive. You won't find me on Facebook, but you will find me on Instagram. I usually post a photo or two most days. Of course, you can find me on Podbean and iTunes. You can subscribe to either. If you would rather do that, then keep up with this podcast through my blog. Also, if you'd like to write a review or give this podcast a rating, ah, please do. So I hope you have a wonderful unschooling week and until next time, don't forget to trust, respect and love unconditionally.